You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron and with me of course is Brian. What's going on, man? Oh, today's a good day. It is a good day. Why is it a good day? Because as we record this, we are steamrolling toward Christmas. This is my last day of the year in the office. I, I work from home tomorrow, so... And then I start my nice long Christmas break. That's right. And you guys will be listening to this sometime probably around the beginning of January. Which means I'll be back at work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it'll be like you never left. Exactly. Yeah. That's the <laughs> magic that of, way sometimes. That's the magic of technology though, isn't it? That it is. uh, we are we are here even when we're not. Anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about today, about uh, technology putting us in places that we're not, although perhaps we need to talk about um, the sense of omniscience <laughs> that it gives us That's where I was going. and like, omnipresence yeah. uh, that it gives us at, uh, at a future date. Instead, we are talking about something that is much more fun, but probably equally unhealthy, um, which is some of the, the truisms or, or cliches that, that we have allowed to to seep into our thinking as as believers and yeah. and working through really what is the how does the gospel answer these 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 cliches where are they true where are do they, they line up with the gospel yeah do they line up at all <laughs> where are they incomplete or where are they outright false yeah and, and and what can we redeem from them where they are you know flawed or even outright false is there anything redeemable not saying that necessarily we should use these cliches um, yes. In general, if it's a cliche, sir, I know my opinion. You should avoid them like the plague? Yes. See what I did there. Yeah, well done. Well done. You're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dad. I I get to do dad jokes and things like that. You do. Well, I'm a dad too. I'm just trying to keep my dad jokes off the podcast. But (laughs) uh, that's not going to happen today, guys. I'm sorry. So um, today we are talking about one that has caused more than a little bit of controversy in the church in, say, the last 10, 15 years or so. Um, where it's regained popularity, which is preach the gospel always, if necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. So this one, this one is an interesting one because the the motivation behind it is usually around, is usually around how do we how do we express the gospel? How do we or express? the implications of the gospel. Yeah, well, I think it, it, it is often used as a, um, a pushback against what we could consider uh, superficial evangelism. I, I, I kind of cringe maybe, as I say that. Yeah. But, but it, it, what I mean by that is the people who simply think it's enough to verbalize the gospel. Now, let's, let's pause here and be very clear. The gospel needs to be uttered, which we're going to get to in, in this, this, this expression in a minute. But there's danger in, in our thinking that all we need to do is say the words of the gospel and that will be sufficient. Or, as you often, sometimes, I shouldn't say often, but sometimes here as well, uh, the people who will leave gospel tracts, for example, instead of a tip in a restaurant, for example, they give a gospel tract. Yes. And, uh, and they think, hey, you know, I'm sharing the gospel. I'm doing my, 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 my job here, my calling. So this cliche... What we can appreciate about it is it's 
pushing back on that attitude and thinking, no, 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 there's more to it. Um, the problem, they just cut to the chase. The problem with this is if essential. Yes. Or if, if necessary. If necessary. Yes. No, it is necessary yeah, to use absolutely. words. That's the problem with it. Absolutely. Um, well, and and even then, if you go a little bit further further back, um, think about the the starting place for this quote. It's attributed to a a Roman Catholic um, Roman Catholic priest, uh, Francis of Assisi, who was born in the 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 twelfth century, lived in the lived through the thirteenth century, um, and was the founder of the Franciscan order of monks. Um, so. What's interesting, though, is is that it doesn't actually appear that he said it. Yeah, so I understand there's no evidence whatsoever that he actually Correct. said it. Correct. Although the, the, what we do find is, is that it does generally correspond with his theology. So um, it's, it's, another one of those, it's another one of those things where you have a potential misattribution or a um, mashup of his, of his, his ideas into a statement. And then it being it being attributed to him, so so there is an issue there that is uh, that is a challenge that it's like we can't actually say that this was his quote. Um, the other side of it too is is that Francis was a preacher, <laughs> and preachers use words. So yes. <laughs> so while his uh, while while it corresponds with his theology, it also doesn't line up with his practice. Um, so, so that is a, that in itself is a challenge aside from the fact that it comes from a different stream that, that certainly we as Protestant evangelicals would disagree with, um, from a foundational perspective. Um, that being said, there are a, a couple of interesting views, a couple of basic views that people tend to fall in with, with this cliche. One is, is that, um, that really it is gospel truth to them. And so this tends to be more the, um, more the, the, what's currently called the progressive camp, um, within evangelicalism that really ultimately all you need is love that because the second, the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbors as ourselves says Matthew 22. And Paul sums up the whole lot in this, um, as the whole, the whole law is being summed up in this phrase that that's really all we need, that our, it's our acts of kindness, our compassion for those in need, how we live is ultimately, (coughs) how we live is ultimately what deter, what will draw people and, and draw people and turn them toward Christ. The other side of it, of course, is um, is the is that they will look at these words and say, "Well, these are just complete bunk. They they are entirely nonsense." <laughs> um, and so they would counter Paul saying that the whole law is summed up in loving our neighbors by saying that he also says, "How will they call on him whom they have not believed, and how are they to to believe in him of whom they have never heard?" And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Um, that is uh, Romans chapter 10 in um, a different translation than the CSB. 
I know, sorry. Without someone, uh, so, so the idea is, is without someone telling them about the message of Jesus, without someone telling them about Jesus, without sharing the gospel, they aren't, they aren't going to have anything to actually respond to. Yeah. The problem is, is that if all you do is act kindly, then you are, you are just being seen as a kind exactly. person. There are good, quote unquote, not biblically good, culturally good, uh, moral people who do not know Christ. And if we live lives that, that are kind and good and generous and so forth, it, it, is, it is easy for somebody not to know. Well, it's impossible for them to know the source of our actions. And, and that will not save anybody. We don't see anywhere in Scripture where it says somebody is saved because they saw somebody else's behavior. People are saved because they call on the name of the Lord, as, as you uh, quoted in the wrong translation from Romans chapter 10. <laughs> but this is also... Well, you know, this is why I also need grace. Yeah, yeah. So. You, you, you and I both do. Um, this is also what we see modeled. Think about the book of Acts, for example. We, we see Peter, John, early on healing, but they don't stop there. They don't just heal the man and, and, and then say, all right, you know, that's it. Let's go right. our way and, and trust that he's going to be saved. No, they preach. They heal, and then they preach. Their, their actions supported the message they were proclaiming. And that's the same kind of, of thinking that we need to have, that if we are preaching without living out the gospel, our words can ring hollow with those who are hearing. And, and we can be seen as a hypocrite. But if we're striving to live out, imperfectly, of course, mm -hmm. uh, transparently, humbly before others, and striving to live out the gospel, then that adds the power to our words to show, uh, hey, the gospel is real. Look, it's changing us. Yeah, um, it, it's impacting us as as we live, and it can do the same thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this this is generally the the thrust of the scriptures. It's never an either or. It's a no. both and that are that our words testify to the facts of the gospel yeah. and our deeds testify to the transforming power of the gospel. And I think we need to be careful also about requiring one to be before the other, an order of them. I think it changes. Sure, depending I, on circumstances. Yeah, depending on I think there are times where you're living out and expressing the gospel to give a stronger platform to share, to verbalize the gospel. But also, as we know, you know, the, a different cliche, the, the, the airplane gospel conversation. You know, there are times where you're sitting on an airplane next to somebody and you don't have time to live out the gospel necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, there are ways that you can express it, of course, even in that. But primarily, you're going to go to words very quickly to mm -hmm. share the gospel with that person sitting next to you. So I think it, it's we have to be careful because that's, that's my concern is sometimes people can use this expression to almost so they feel okay about not verbalizing the gospel. Well, at least I'm living it out. Or I'm doing pre-evangelism, or you know, right? And and it's it's a way that we in our in our <laughs> sinfulness, in in our um, in our fear, we can avoid verbalizing the gospel. We don't want to do that um, at all, of course. So so we have to keep these in balance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and the 
the epistles do a great job of help of reminding yeah. us of this important balance. So, um, just a, a few examples. These are, in fact, from the, the Christian Standard Bible. All right. Yeah. So, First uh, John chapter four, uh, verse twenty and twenty-one says that if anyone says I love God yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him: the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. So it's not just, so in that context, um, there is the, there's the relational, there's the relational strain Mm -hmm. side of it. If we are unforgiving towards someone else, then, then why would we think that we are actually forgiven by God? Um, but loving, loving our brother and sister also extends to, um, to what we read in Paul's epistles about bearing one of the, another's burdens. So walking alongside them, helping them, um, doing all of the, these kinds of things. Uh, James chapter, chapter 1, 22 to 25 also says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Uh, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. If he, for he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it in, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. And James, of course, continues in chapter two, um, talking about how faith and uh, faith without works is dead. He says in verse 18, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you, uh, my, I will show you faith by my works. This is, this is that, that, balance that we see in scripture that um it's never it's never that either or it's always both and what that looks like in your particular circumstances may be different but it's always always there um that is and and that's really tough for us yeah isn't it yeah i think practically what this means is we as believers have have got to be and this this is this is across the board, of course, not just for this conversation, but we need to be letting the gospel sink deeper into our minds and our hearts, um, so that it changes us. Yeah, and, and for God's glory, our good, and for the good of others, we need to be uh, trusting in Christ and, and the power of the gospel to change us day by day. Um, and and as we do that be praying for and intentionally seeking out opportunities to verbalize the gospel to others. Are we seeking relationships, um, you know, intentional, mm-hmm. intentional relationships to engage with unbelievers? You know, you and me, we, we probably have this a harder time. A lot of people listening to this maybe who are pastors in ministry, for example, have a harder time because we're around other believers. Right. We're, um, we're what, um, we sometimes jokingly call professional Christians. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, think about where we spend a lot of our time at work. I would dare say they're mostly Christians who work here at, at Lifeway. Mm-hmm. Um, we may have I doubts. Hope so. We may have doubts about a few, but we won't name them. Um, Look, he's not here to defend himself. Exactly. Uh, you know, we we go and worship and so forth with with believers mostly. So for for us, it's especially important that we are pursuing relationships with neighbors, with with coaches on our our kids teams and so forth, being intentional 
Um, you know, I often tell people, you go to the same grocery store, perhaps, and if you see the same person, cashier working, try to go to his or her line. Even if it's a little bit longer, instead of going for the shortest line, maybe be strategic and have another opportunity to build some level of relationship with an unbeliever potentially. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's us. Are we, are we intentionally seeking out these relationships? Are we investing in others? And are we praying for and looking for opportunities to speak the beauty of the gospel to, to uh, articulate to them what they need to know and trust in to be saved as we try to live it out. Right, right. And one of the things that, um, let's, let's go back to the, the, the airplane conversation, sure. for example. Which, by the way, for full disclosure, I'm terrible at because I'm an introvert and usually I put headphones on in airplanes. Oh, absolutely. So I just want to be very absolutely. clear about that. I've you heard know, people who like, they have so many airplane stories. It's like, hey, I was traveling and, and I shared the gospel again. I'm like, I'm terrible at that. Anyway, you know, go you on. know I prefer to show the love of Christ by not talking to anybody. <laughs> um <laughs> Because, so, except for when you're flying, Francis of Assisi is totally wrong. Absolutely. No. Um, guys, can you tell that we, we, have, we have some stuff to work on here, yes, too? Yes, we do. We, but, are, uh, we, are, we are sinful people. You know, but, I mean, if you are striving to be sensitive to the, the Holy Spirit's leading, um, because he is going to lead you to to have the conversations yeah. that you need to have, um, even on an airplane. Um, he's also going to lead you to know when to shut your mouth yeah. and not say anything. So, which um, is another topic. Which is a whole other thing. Really helpful topic, though. Maybe we can explore at some point. Yeah, at some point. At some point. But, uh, but one of the things that's cool is, is that I don't, I don't normally talk to people on planes just because... It is, whenever I'm on a plane, it's usually because I'm going somewhere where I'm going to be around a lot of people for a long time. drained. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll talk to you, but even then, I'll still not talk to you very much. And even then, sometimes I won't talk back. That's true. That's true. And, you know, it only hurts a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> for the first five minutes, and you just keep going. Yeah, and then, and, then I, and then my feeling gets better, and I'm fine. <laughs> but, uh, but the... When there are those opportunities, it is really cool. So I've got a couple of examples that I, that I've had that have been kind of kind of neat. So there was a there was a trip that I was actually making from Nashville to Toronto. Um, this was before I was moving before I had moved down officially, um, and. My entire family was with me. We were separate. We were scattered all throughout the plane, so none of us were sitting together. I was actually sitting with sitting next to this boy who was about twelve years old, and um, the, his family was secular Jews from from Toronto. And so he had mentioned that, you know, he had mentioned what he, you know like a little bit about that because you know we were talking with him and his parents just a just a touch and mentioned that i was coming down to i was we were getting ready to move down to nashville um so that i could work on something called the gospel project and um that's actually one of god's kindnesses to you and me brian because we have a job that has gospel in the name yeah so we kind of can't get away with it <laughs> <laughs> Unless we want to be coy, I work for a publishing company. Yeah, I mean, there's some of that. But um, one of the things that he asked was, he's like, well, what, what is that? 
And, and so I got to, I got to, to tell him a little bit about that. And, um, I was actually tying it back to, cause he mentioned that he goes to, to a Hebrew school, to Hebrew school as well, tied it back into the, the old Testament a touch. Nice. And then he, and then he said, wait, what, what's Isaiah? Oh, wow. And so, <laughs> so that one was kind of intense. Um, but then there was Was another... he an Ethiopian eunuch by any chance? No. Okay. It sounds no. kind of familiar to that. Sorry. No, he was not. But, uh, but he, but there was also, so that was one. There was another time where just talking, um, I was on a Southwest flight. And uh, so Southwest, you're welcome for the plug. Um <laughs> I was on I was on the flight and, and this this lady sits down in the in the aisle seat. I'm in the window. We have our we have our uh, our space of of no man's land with no one sitting next to between us, which is great. And um, this this other passenger comes up to the to this lady and is like, you know, oh, I just I just want to let you know I really love your music. And I'm like, who is this person? And so I just I'm just like. I'm I'm sorry. I I just saw that, and it's like, can you tell me who you are? And so she, so she says who she is, and she was a, a pop star in the '90s, um, and had a couple of minor hits. Really nice lady, um, and so we just started we just started talking a, l- a little bit, and she again is, um, um, she identifies herself as being Jewish, <laughs> um, which is which is like that's how she that's her religious. F- affiliation. And, um, so we started talking about that. We started talking about, uh, the gospel and parenting and things like this. And so it was just, it was just a neat way to kind of interweave all of this together. Um, but then there are many, but then there have been times where I've I've been on a flight and, um, someone just starts talking to me. (laughs) And so I, I put down my book and I listen. (laughs) And I and I hear and I pay attention and sometimes the only thing I can do is just you know just engage the conversation, um, say what is appropriate for that time and place. Um, like sometimes I've been I've been sitting next to a pastor, and other times I've been sitting next to someone who is um, who has had a really negative experience with with the church and sometimes it's someone who has no idea what anything that we do is yeah. and it's it's challenging in that in that space so so yeah and then there's then there's my own family which is also non-believers so we have uh we have different com- conversations there um in which, that they and, don't like to talk about it and that that probably you know, brings us to an, another good nuance of this to, to talk about of, of different relationships probably are going to shift the balance of this equation we're talking about. So you, when you have family, especially if they know you're a believer, I, I think there's even more import put on living out the gospel, letting them see it matters and it, and it changes you. Um, and you and, and you trust that you have time in that relationship. It's a longer term uh, relationship. So, you know, that one you may recognize, man, I, I need, I do need to show the power of the gospel working in me and through me. Um, and maybe, you know, find those times to, to talk about the gospel when it's appropriate. Or if you have a, a friend or somebody else in a relationship with who you know is, is hostile toward the faith, 
Yes. You know, so I think there's, depending on the relationship, you may need to kind of think through, uh, tr- you know, pursuing God's wisdom in this yeah. of how to balance this. And then again, there are times where, no, this is an opportunity to put before me. I- I'm going to share the gospel very boldly and very uh, lovingly, of course, but very boldly and, and yeah. clearly. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I think that's a good place for us to to wrap this up. Um, for today, I hope uh, listeners that this has been a helpful conversation for you, Brian. I know it's been it's been great to talk through this uh, yeah. through this Christian cliche um, with with you. So, of course, listeners, um, if you're enjoying the show, um, we would love it if you would leave a sincere and generous five star rating and review on iTunes. Uh, that helps more people find the show, and that's um, the key reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just because we like affirmation. So, although affirmation's good, affirmation is nice. And of course, if you have a uh, if you have a question that you'd like us to address, if you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode of the show, please reach out to us um, on Twitter by mentioning at gospel underscore project. Um, so that's it for us. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the hero of the story presented by the Gospel Project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.